Hey everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly podcast. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today I have a very special guest, Charles Purcell, who is the founder of Homeless United. His mission is dedicated to help raise awareness of homelessness. Not just that people are homeless, but the reasons behind why they are homeless. And there are several ways that this will be achieved. The first step is the red t-shirt campaign. Second is to find homeless shelters that are really treating the homeless as people and not numbers. Third, to help the homeless to re-enter society by finding them places to live and helping them get back on their feet. Finally, to unite with other homeless organizations. There are an estimated 11,600 homeless people in the Washington DC area. And Charles, through Homeless United, is doing something about it. Hope you'll join his cause and I hope you enjoy today's episode. MSE Podcast is dedicated to talking about the hard stuff and facilitating the conversations necessary for growth, healing, transformation, and genuine community. Now it's your turn. My hope is that you finish this episode feeling empowered to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck, available at bygracenp.com. May these cards inspire you to speak out and be heard, and may you be authentically embraced for the uniqueness of your journey. I'm so glad to have you on the show today, um, Charles, and just excited about you sharing all the things that you do um, to help with um, advocating for homelessness and just hearing about why you are so passionate and just your experience and your story. So first of all, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Well, you're welcome and thank you for having me. I appreciate this opportunity to share my story and enlighten folks about uh, the homeless situation in our country and and the things I think that you know need to be done to help those who are less fortunate. Yeah, so if you if you would like to um, please share just a little bit about yourself and just kind of how you got started. Okay, well, um, I've been living uh, in Washington, D.C. since about 1984, and did the normal things I guess all of us do. I originally was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and moved there to find a job and to venture out on my own and become, you know, the, the man that uh, I guess society and, and family and folks thinks that we should become. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and along the way, uh, back in, um, oh, I guess it was uh, around 2008, actually, uh, I experienced a, a bout of homelessness, which uh, God brought me out of. And through that experience, I, uh, I knew that there was more that I should do because mm-hmm. just the way things unfolded as far as the church that I found there in D.C., and and got involved in their homeless um, activism or homeless uh, ministry, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that was where, where God had, why he left me in D.C. or why he placed me in D.C. in the first place, because I was thinking about leaving during that time, but doors opened that enabled me to stay. And so I, uh, I said, well, you know, if this is your will, then I'll do that. And 
for a couple of years, I was I was studious of going and helping out, and then kind of strayed away from uh, from uh, my 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 promise, if you will, mm-hmm. um, because of just you know the weather had it was during the time of Snowmageddon, and it was hard to get to church, and I was living kind of far out, and I got a little lazy of attending and doing the things. Just kind of started doing the things that I wanted to do, gotcha. and. And, and life was good. I mean, you know, I was doing well in my job and was advancing and so forth, but I wasn't devoting my time to what I had promised the, the Lord that I was going to do. So as as uh, as omniscient as he is and, and all-knowing, he allowed things to happen, mm-hmm. actually to a point to where I became homeless again. Wow. And um, that was in March of uh, 2015, actually. Okay. And, you know, I was I was just kind of, I wasn't mad at God because I knew that I had brought this on myself. Um, but I was like, okay, so I was more mad at myself for letting it happen again. Gotcha. So anyway, I was walking, you know, in one of the streets of D.C. because I didn't have any money to ride a bus, and it was late. And I was just, you know, walking along, and I saw this woman, a homeless woman, laying in front of this convenience store. She had a lot of her belongings there. She wouldn't be there during the day, but she'd be, she'd be there during the night. And I was like, well, geez, where is she going <laughs> during mm-hmm. the day? How is she transporting all this stuff back and forth? And I just looked at it because it was a cold night, and I said, God, you know, there's there's no reason why in this country that people need to be living like this. We yeah. can, we're supposedly one of the richest countries in the world. And it was a late night, and I just, you know, and, and I don't know about everyone's faith, but I'm, I'm a, I am a believer. And, mm-hmm. and I just heard this this quiet voice speak to me and said, now you know how I feel. Wow. And when I heard that, I said, okay, God, I get it. And everything kind of fell into place. I was like, okay. Wow. I, I, I know. I understand. And, all right, I'm sold. I'm sold this is what you want me to devote my time to, I will. Now, you know how I am as a person because you created me. Mm-hmm. So you know that if I get distracted, I'm going to fall off the path and let things, you know, get in the way. So I'm just going to be devoted to this. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how you're going to open up doors, but I know you'll do it, and I trust in you. Mm-hmm. And that is basically how the path started. And, and I, as I continued walking, I, you know, got this idea about the, the T-shirt uh, campaign as far as raising awareness mm-hmm. and, and on this shirt it says please raise awareness homeless lives matter and um, the idea at the time the initial vision which I still have this vision but what I was thinking or the initial plan that I was thinking was okay let's get you know let's blanket the DC area with this t-shirt to as many homeless people as possible and I think at that time the homeless count somewhere around 8,500 people. Wow. Uh, that was, And so I said, you know, if, we, if I can just get this message in front of people's faces to because, you know, and get the homeless people visible because, mm-hmm. you know, so many of us, and I've done it in my past too, we walk past people who are homeless. And yeah. we just kind of, sometimes we ignore them. We don't see them. We don't want them to stop us and ask us for money or whatever the case may be. And, um, and so it was just a, a way that, a silent way for people could just, you know, noticed them and think and if they saw a story on TV or read a story in a newspaper that dealt with homelessness 
because of this mental image that's being printed in their mind, it might make them more interested. Oh, let me read about this. I've been seeing this teacher around. Yeah. Um, so that was the initial thing. And then I kind of thought that would, you know, kind of ripple out across the United States, and, and then it would be this big, massive movement like um, uh, the Civil Rights Movement, and, uh, and to really advocate and get some things changed as far as government policies are concerned, and just getting more community uh, activism or, or involvement. So, you know, with uh, the Internet, that um, actually kind of happened a little bit sooner because people mm -hmm. from all over the country and the world, I mean, I've even been contacted from folks in Australia, England, wow. Canada. That's amazing. Um, yeah, to, for people who are just like, wow, we appreciate what you're doing. And, um, you know, and, and, and they've either helped by either, you know, financially or buying a T-shirt or, or a hoodie or whatever. So it's it's kind of gone throughout. Now it's not, you know, it's still grassroots, mm -hmm. um, but you know, more and more doors are opening. And, uh, and again, you know, it's, it's been a process, a teaching process for me to just trust the Lord more, to lean into God more, and to be patient, but yet persistent, and stay in prayer, and knowing mm -hmm. that uh, you know everything's going to work out for the good. He has a plan. I don't know all of the plan. I know he yeah. has a plan, and I'm willing to <laughs> go wherever and do whatever he wants me to do. Um, and I think when we get to that level of, um, of submission, um, then the Lord can really work in, in our lives. Absolutely. 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 And I think what you have um, with your organization is amazing, and it's touching many lives. Um, I did want to ask... What would you say, from based on your experience and even those that you've talked to that have um, experienced homelessness, what would you say are the most common stereotypes or misconceptions associated with homelessness? Well, uh, one big one is that people are lazy and don't want to work, and they're just looking for a handout. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, in anything, you're going to have a minority people who think that way, meaning people who are in certain situations who are trying to defraud the system or just mm -hmm. get over or whatever it is. And, and in the homeless community, just I think it kind of is, I think this is probably true throughout all the social programs that we have. There might be close to 4% that do think that way. You know, okay. they're just trying to look up to try to, to, to get over on the system. But that means there's 96% of the mm -hmm. people who aren't thinking that way. And, uh, but you know, our society tends to only focus on the minority, and we blow up the minority who is doing the wrong instead of looking at the people who really do need the help and are doing good and just doing the best they can. Gotcha. So um, it's, it's you know, about 40% of the people who are experiencing homelessness are homeless just basically because of lack of affordable housing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, yeah. with gentrification, a lot of things have been going on recently. I mean, rent has just become unreasonable and I mean for even for a single person for even so if you're a, a family of four you can just imagine the financial strain absolutely that it has I mean I mean these rent in DC the average rent in DC I think right now is you know somewhere between uh, fifteen hundred to, to twenty five hundred dollars depending on you know like a one bedroom you can get like a decent one but now you can get something lower <laughs> if yeah. you want something that's in a safe area in yeah. a good building, you're going to be paying close to $2,000. That's yeah. just for a one-bedroom. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and the statistics are out there that, you know, a minimum wage, it's hard for anyone Absolutely. to rent a two-bedroom um, uh, apartment anymore. So it's just, when it's, uh, that's the one misnomer. The other is, um, you know, as far as, well, most homeless people are, are mentally ill. Well, that's not the case mm. either. I mean, I heard it, that it's one. maybe about, and this might be even kind of high, but I think maybe about 25% of people who experience homelessness have some form of mental illness. Now, um, and that's just because of the lack of mental health uh, facility that's available now and the way the, the rules were drastically changed under the uh, Reagan administration. Now, I say that because really the way we've been looking at our, our mental health industry started long before Reagan, and there were cutbacks and things that were even happening before he became, you know, uh, became elected and became president. Mm-hmm. But from that time on, it's kind of, you know, with the closing of a lot of facilities, cuts in mental health um, um, care and so forth, it's just become a major issue. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's one thing. And then you have the elderly, people on fixed incomes, mm-hmm. um, who their buildings get bought out by some developer, and they, you know, even though they're supposed to have so many affordable housing units, even <laughs> even what they consider affordable housing isn't necessarily something that's affordable yeah. for someone who might be getting Social Security at $700, $800 a month on top of their already medical expenses that they may have because they are elderly as far as medication gotcha. and so forth. So if, if they can't afford the rent, then that forces them out uh, into a homeless situation as well. So there's just a lot of things that, um, a lot more things that, that play into it than just, people are lazy and don't want to work. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, and also the other thing that you have to understand too is, well, it's some people that want to just get a job. Well, okay, well, for now you need, you know, a birth certificate, and if you okay. don't have a place of employment, that's kind of hard to get. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then also you need you need an address to put on the application form yep. if you are finding a job, you know. <laughs> so, um, and, and it's, so it's just, it, it, can, it can be a, a situation that's kind of, it, it spirals out of control for someone who, who happens to fall into that. And even though there is some safety net, um, the money really isn't being allocated like it should be. And then, and then so many people just find themselves, you know, and I'll give you one quick example. There's a, a, a woman, uh, she, and she was looking for housing. She was staying at a shelter in D.C., a women's shelter. And she was had gone through the process, got a voucher, and so forth, and was, you know, lined up to move into a place. Well, when the time came, she was told that something happened and the place wasn't available anymore. Mm. So I was like, wow, okay. So then she went down and started the process over again, and she, uh, there was a place that was accepting applications for vouchers, and she went and filled an application, and they told her, now they, they said that you had to have it in by Friday, Mm-hmm. She went there Friday afternoon. They, she, they told her it was too late, that the cutoff you know, time was such and such a time. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, there was nothing in the information I received that said there yeah. was a time that I had to get it in. It's just I had to get it in by Friday. By Friday. Mm-hmm. So she went through and fought that. And while she was fighting that, she found out that the original place that she was found that was supposed to be given to her, there was a screw-up at the Department of Housing, the D.C. Department of Social Services. So then they had to kind of, you know, 
do a, a rapid rapid, you know, pushing through her application to get her into a place. Mm -hmm. But you have so many people that, that this happens to because, and then they get discouraged, right? I mean, yeah. you have folks who have been waiting for a voucher for at least five years, and then once they get the voucher, you know, they need to find a place within, you know, 90 days, and if they don't, then sometimes they have to start the process all, all over, over again. again. And, and a lot of places won't rent to people with vouchers because they don't want people in their buildings to have vouchers. And even gotcha. though it's illegal to do that, they still do it because the local governments don't enforce the laws. Gotcha. So they get away with housing discrimination. Hmm. And uh, so you just have these people that just kind of fall into this into this hole, and it's just so hard for them to dig out, and they're trying desperately to do it. But, you know, it's just, okay, well, and they just do what they can, and it's sad. It's really sad. Yeah, it is. It really is. So I, I know, of course, financial, anything you can do to help financially is encouraged. But for those that may not be able to give financially to those that they may see in passing, what can they do? Well, you know, there, there's so many things that, that folks can do um, that that really doesn't cost them much. I mean, mm -hmm. if you have some of so we you know, we have clothes probably that are in our closets that we haven't worn in yeah. years. Some There's some people that I know have clothes in their closets. They have the price tags on them and oh, they yeah. never worn them. <laughs> um, you know, you can, you can uh, just give whatever you have to somebody or to a shelter because a lot of shelters and churches have clothes closets that they you know that they will pass out to those who are in need mm -hmm. um you have folks who will um you know pass out uh, like if you uh, when you go to a hotel or so when you get the toiletries you know pass those out or now you have the uh you have the um dollar stores that sell these things very cheaply oh now. yeah and you can get them and just, you know, and it doesn't have to be hundreds of hundreds, just, you know, just one or two people that you might see or come across. Um, you know, you could keep, uh, you could, I know some people make individual blessing bags that might mm -hmm. have uh, some socks, because socks are something that's, that is always needed in the homeless community. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, some snacks and, and just little things to kind of just let them know that you care. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it could be, you could have like five of them in your car or, or a couple of them you carry in your purse or, you know, just carry around. And you see someone, you say, well, I don't have money, but I can give you this. Gotcha. Um, sometimes just saying hello. Yeah. You know, can yeah. be a big, <laughs> and if people, you know, I, I used to, and, and you know, and, and when I was early on, um, I, because, you know, and I, and I tell folks, I mean, I'm still, I mean, I'm still in between homelessness myself, but I haven't let that stop me from doing Not what you. I can do. And, uh, but, you know, when I was, when I first was out there, I didn't want to panhandle. And I was like, okay, well, what, you know, and I did, and I said, let me, I, I did create a sign. And, I, and it was kind of a play on the old um, depression phrase you used to see, you know, brother, can you spare a dime? The people used to have those signs. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, can you spare a quarter or a dime, you know? Gotcha. And people saw it, and they kind of got it, and they would help. And then, you know, again, it's just, I got this inspiration. I said, well, why don't you do signs of encouragement? And I was like, okay. Because, you know, you have so many people that walk by, yeah. and they see a sign asking for help, but nothing that's giving encouragement or inspiration. Gotcha. So that's what I started to do. And um, and it was amazing how people responded, 
And, you know, so many people, even if they didn't give, they would just stop and talk to me because they found encouragement in the side. They saw something different. It's like, wow, this guy is, you know, and, and it helped. And there are people that um, I know and even don't know that um, it, it helped them in their day. And they looked forward to seeing what side I had that day. Um, and uh, there was one man um, who uh, was a, a tourist. And mm-hmm. I had a sign that said, you know, today um, is another second chance. Yeah. And he looked at it. He was with his family, wife, and, and I guess it was his children or grandkids. But he looked, and he walked over, and he, he actually handed me a $20 bill. And he said, thank you. I needed that today. Wow. And I was like, wow. You know, so that just, and that just showed me that no matter what situation you are in life, you can always focus on the positive and be a blessing to someone and encourage someone and inspire somebody. And um, so that is, uh, I think I kind of strayed a little bit from your question. But oh, no, you're just, fine. Uh, yeah, that is just uh, something that uh, I think we all need to, to be aware of, that, you know, this, a homeless person is any, any one of us. Any yeah, one of us. And absolutely. most people, I think statistically, um, you know, 65% of the working American population is living paycheck to paycheck. So if something catastrophic happens in their life, whether it's an illness, loss of job, whatever, a natural disaster, they can be wiped out. Yeah. And they can be on the streets themselves. Yeah. I mean, there are people still recovering from Katrina. You know? uh, yeah. And yeah. so it, it's just, it's just, it's, 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 it's an issue that we can, we can get a handle around if um, our, you know, our government leaders will get seriously and uh, and reevaluate the, the programs that are out there, streamline them, make them run like a well-oiled machine, if you will, or as much as they can, mm-hmm. and to help people get out of the situation that they're in. Yeah, absolutely. What would you, what's one thing that you would tell um, someone who is going through homelessness right now? Um don't give up. Uh, know that there are people out there that do care. Um, and, and I know it, it may seem that they're far and few in between, but they are. Um, and I think that um, the whole, you know, and I'm not the one who came up with the whole homeless lives matter, mm-hmm. you know, hashtag where it's been out there for a while. But, and I'll give you another example. There's a, a young lady who, uh, and I, I believe she might have been in the foster care system, because that's another issue, too. A lot of kids who are in the foster care system age out, and, and they experience homelessness because of just the way our social system is set up. And, okay. and, and there's a lot of issues with that, too. But yeah. anyway, getting back to this thing, this young lady, she saw my sign, and I had the, you know, the, the phrase, homeless lives matter. And she looked at me, and, and her eyes were just, they were empty. And you could mm-hmm. see that she was in pain. And I think that even she had also had been probably using some illegal drug just to mm-hmm. ease her pain. But she looked at me and said, homeless lives don't matter. She said, if they mattered, we wouldn't be in this situation. Wow. And, you know, that, that really hit me because this is a young lady who feels like no one cares. She yeah. probably wasn't wanted, you know, by her parents or something happened in her family. She probably was in the, you know, had, had either ran out of an abusive relationship or whatever, fallen into the system, and then now that she aged out, 
then now she's just out there on her own. Um, And so I guess what I would tell folks is, look, there are people out here who do care. You You have to be vigilant. You can't just you know, become complacent, mm-hmm. um, but, 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 you know, you do have rights, you do matter, um, and just know that, you know, just wake up, and, and, and as hard as it is, you know, you just have to stay positive, and, uh, and just say, okay, as my grandmother used to say, this too shall pass, mm-hmm. you know, this doesn't have to be your destiny, this doesn't have yeah. to be your life, uh, but, and there are people that, that out there that will help you to give you that step up. And you just have to keep, you know, when, when one door closes, knock on another one. You know, just just keep knocking, just keep knocking. And eventually yeah. something will change. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This has been really good. Um, is there any other story or something that you feel is important to really bring more awareness to? Um, during this interview, because I definitely want you to be able to get out the entire message um, that you desire to to the listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I think I hit on one thing about the programs that are there already. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are several. You know, there's the voucher program, there's a housing first program, and and these are good programs. They're just not being administered on a large scale. And the okay. voucher program, the voucher program itself they only um, distribute a certain amount of vouchers per year. So that's why you have a waiting list of people uh, who have been waiting for a voucher for five plus years. Wow. I mean, I've heard, I've heard people waiting for a housing voucher for 10 years. Um, And, and uh, the thing is what people don't understand too is you get on the list, excuse me. And so every year, you have to update your information. Okay. And as you're on the list, you keep, you know, you keep rising higher and higher. But if you don't update your information, then you'll either drop off or drop down to the bottom. Okay. Um, so you have to, you know, go through the process all over again. Hmm. And since people are homeless and they don't necessarily have, have the information to update, to get to up- update their information, you know, a lot of times folks keep dropping to the bottom, and they have to start the process over. Wow. Again. Or, or um, there's just limited housing. I mean, you know, it's uh, you hear these reports, which are great, you know, and I think California was one of them, uh, where you know uh, either it's in LA or wherever. But they announced they were going to have this project. I forget how many tens of millions of dollars to create, you know, 50 more units of affordable housing or something. You mm-hmm. know, which is great, right? Yeah, we need that, but. I don't know. I mean, L.A. itself has about 40,000 people who are homeless. 50 more affordable housing units is not gonna really happen. isn't going to do a lot. <laughs> Got you. you know, so, um, and, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, and the, the things that are being done is great, but mm-hmm. there's so many more opportunities out there. I mean, you have vacant housing um, buildings, mm-hmm. buildings that are vacant that could be renovated, um, that could create... Um, you know, affordable housing, um, real affordable housing. You know, housing is based solely on income and not, you know, necessarily on the price of the unit. Because if, <clears throat> you know, if, if, you, if you're looking at a place that's renting uh, fair market value, $1,500, and you have to come up with 30% of that, 
that's still a pretty big significant number. Yeah. And and yes, the government will pay for the other, you know, seventy uh, percent uh, with the voucher system. But still, for you to have to come up with that money, it could be a challenge, especially if you have children. Yeah. And you know, so a lot of folks are making choices on whether they have to feed their kids or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing this now with this coronavirus issue. Yeah. Is that uh, you know you have somebody with the schools being closed. There's the issue of well, how these how are some of these kids getting their meals because some a lot of our children today in this country depend on the school lunch yeah. program to get a meal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's it, it well anyway that's, that's that's one issue though yeah. and then we have to be, a, a, be, be we watch out and be careful of the information that we're being fed because okay. you know the national number I think now that HUD says is well there's 550,000 people who are experiencing homelessness in this country. But yet again, there's another statistic that says that about 2.5 million children are homeless. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, geez, there's a disconnect here somewhere. Someone's not mm-hmm. getting the right numbers. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, we just have to be aware of what we're reading and, and actually processing to see what this, is this really making sense? Gotcha. Because, um, if, if these numbers that, that they're reporting is true, then we have a much serious problem that we ever imagined. Absolutely. Um, and the other issue is, you know, I think uh, during the Watergate days, I think it was Watergate, where we said, we'll follow the money. Um, and I might be, I don't know no one facts checks me, I think <laughs> it might be true. But, <laughs> but the thing is, if you follow the money trail, then you'll see where a lot of these issues why a lot of these things are going on. Um, and there's a book that uh, a gentleman wrote. His name is Matthew Desmond, and it's called Evicted. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the subtitle is po- Poverty and Profit in an American City. And I read this book a few years ago. A friend uh, that used to pass by me, she recommended it. She said, I think you would really enjoy reading this book. Mm-hmm. And I, I must say it was one of the hardest books I ever read because wow. it was so depressing to see how when you read the book, you realize that our system really isn't set out to help people succeed. Mm, yeah. yeah. Because people living in poverty, people who are homeless, there's a whole industry built around these people. So the idea is, well, if we get rid of homelessness, if we end poverty, then you have a group of people So, well, what are we going to do for a living? Because they depend on people to be homeless and living in poverty to make money. Got you. And so there's really, so you hear the success stories of, you know, the one or two or three people who are able to get out of homelessness, right? And, mm-hmm. and, they, and they tell us these stories to encourage us to say, oh, well, something's being done. Yeah, but for that one person, there's probably still 23 people or 25 people who are still homeless. Um, so it's, it's we just have to be aware of, of, of what's going on, what's really going on versus what we're reading and doing a little bit more um, research, looking into it and saying, okay, how can we how can we correct this? And I'll bring this one more point too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a video back in the 90s, uh, Oprah, Whoopi Goldberg and uh, Robin Williams and Billy Crystal were doing this thing called Comic Relief where they were doing uh, comedy shows and even had a telethon that we were raising money to help homeless people and, and, and homeless uh, in the homeless shelters and so forth. Robin Williams, and you can find people in search for it on Google, but Robin Williams 
and what we go over we're at a Senate, I believe it was a Senate committee hearing on homelessness back mm -hmm. in the 90s. The things that he was bringing out, the issues, the problems that were plaguing homelessness back then are still going on today. Mm. So, you know, we're talking 30 years ago. Yeah. Nothing has really changed that much. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those ongoing kind of industries. It's like, okay, well, um, there's no incentive to, to help folks because, um, again, it's going to cut into the profit margins mm -hmm. of people. Um, and and I, just, I, I did lie. There's one more thing. Uh, there's oh, another no thing problem. that I read. <laughs> Um, and uh, it was the Nan Roman, who was the executive director of uh, the National Coalition for the Homeless, I believe. She was at a conference some years back, and they were talking about the Housing First program, which is a program where most, most programs are set up to where, say if you're homeless and you um, are uh, on substance abuse, you know, you're either mm -hmm. alcoholic, drug addict, or whatever, they tell you to get into a program, get yourself clean, and then we will find you housing. Housing first mm -hmm. is, well, we're going to find you housing first. Got you. And then, in order for you to stay in the program or to stay in your house, you have to go through this program, right? Okay. Yeah. And so the incentive is, well, people, when they get in, they're like, well, geez, I don't want to lose this place. Yeah. So I'm going to do what I need to do to clean my life up. Yeah. And on a small scale, and it's still a, a small, it's not funded like it should be, but it has about 90%, 95% uh, success uh, rating. Right? Okay, great. But um, but when she was talking to, and this was in front of people who were executive directors of homeless shelters and so forth, they came to her afterwards and said, well, you know, if we end homelessness, what are we going to do for a living? Hmm. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I'm thinking myself, well, gee, so you change your mission, right? Exactly, yeah. If you get to an issue where homelessness is, say, close to, you know, where the numbers are, are small, you, you know, people who are were in the system who are out are still going to need support. Yeah, still need counseling exactly. And all these things. Exactly. So you change your mission. Exactly. You don't think how are we going to still make money? I love that, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and you have, I mean, but again, you have a lot of these shelters, and D.C. is one of them. I don't know, you know, I think the range, it, it ranges between, you know, whatever the uh, cost of living is for the area. But D.C. is a very high cost of living. And a lot of these shelters in D.C. are getting 100 I think it's about $100, $150 a night for every bed that's filled. Got you. And government funding, right? Okay. So if you're getting, and you can just do the math, you just, you know, pick an easy number, 100 beds. If those 100 beds are filled every night, 365 days a year, you have a pretty nice number. Right? Yeah. Some of, these, some of these places don't feed the people who stay there. They're only providing a place to stay. You know, either you go and you have to be in by, usually the rule is you have to be in by 7 and out by 7. So you get in, you know, 7 p.m. at night, um, and then you have to be out at, by 7 a.m. in the morning. Okay. And like I said, a lot of these places, it's not, they're necessarily feeding you. They're just providing a place for you to stay. And, you know, you could probably shower and stuff. But um, that's really about it. Gotcha. And so, um, uh, and that's not even counting the donations that they receive outside of the government. That's you know, true. This is, you know, so this is a huge industry, and that's why people, you know, kind of push back against solving it because, you. you know, they're going to miss their salaries. Um, you know, some of these folks are making some, some of these executive directors of these places are making huge salaries. Yeah. Uh, so.
So it's just, uh, it's really a money-making thing. Yeah. And, and I've even, you know, reached out to some organizations for help with doing things, and I got a lot of response about, well, we don't see um, what a T-shirt will do and that kind of thing. Wow, And really? the T-shirt isn't, right, and except that the T-shirt is the end goal. Yeah. I mean, my vision is spreading to, awareness, to spreading awareness, and then eventually, you know, advocating for changes in um, government programs Absolutely. and so forth, and then creating affordable housing, real affordable housing, affordable housing. You know, say if if, if Homeless United, when it, and my goal is still to get it to be a nonprofit, but okay. say for example, Homeless United buys a building, renovates it, and if you are a person <clears throat> who is making a thousand dollars, or you or you get a thousand dollars a month in income. Mm-hmm. Then thirty percent of what you are um, getting will go towards rent. It's not necessarily going to be thirty percent of what the fair market value of the place is. But if mm-hmm. you can pay thirty percent of your monthly income for rent, and you know, of course, you'd have to kind of do credit checks and work with social workers and so forth, because you do want people that, that you know that, initially at least, that you know are going to be um, um, self-conscious and be studious about, you know, paying their rent, mm-hmm. so that you can see you have a successful model here, how can we replicate this, but uh, so to get them, you know, off the streets quicker, because, uh, and if you have a voucher, great, if you don't have a voucher, that's okay too, but if, if you, you know, whatever your monthly income is, if you can devote thirty percent of that to your rent, then you'll have a place to stay. That is my that is my long range goal, and yeah. I know it's possible. But the only way to really do that is if you know the organization owns the building itself and isn't you know um, doesn't have to answer to shareholders Got and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. But you know you, you you don't have to worry about you know am I making money because it's not about making money; it's about helping people get back on their feet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is just so crazy. First, first of all, I never considered, um, of course I knew people were making a salary off of their organizations with homelessness and everything, but I never even thought about the fact that people, (laughs) people weren't really leaning towards a solution because they wouldn't be making any money. Like, while that is your source of living, you should always want to end homelessness. So I'm I'm very surprised to hear that. Um, and also, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that people haven't, well, organizations specifically haven't been supportive of your T-shirts and, and things like that. I, I do believe in starting small. And, um, you know, how you start out may not indicate what your ultimate goal is, like you were saying. Um, mm-hmm. But at least starting somewhere is important. Um, and I, I completely support and back, you know, everything that you're doing. And I'm also just going to contact you just about collaborating, um, soon with, with a few things, but I just wanted to encourage you, um, just with everything that you have going on, that it is important. It is needed. Um, and I really am hopeful and prayerful about it becoming a reality for you with the organization and for someone who has experienced it and has a passion for it, um, I have no doubt that it'll it'll turn out the way you're expecting. If not, if not oh. more. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, I, 
and I and I appreciate that, and and I know that too, and and you know I. I used to get a little, you know, which is part of the growth process, mm-hmm. part of the whole process of, of trusting in God and knowing where your strength comes from and who is ultimately in control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, this has been, you know, this month actually marks uh, five years. Wow, congratulations. Started down this path. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing where um, things started, and seeing where things are now, yeah. I mean, you know, it, 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 it is a little bit mind-blowing. Yeah. But the, <laughs> the important thing is, you know, in order, in order way to get to the top of the mountain, you have to get there one step at a time. Right? Absolutely. So each step, no matter how fast or how slow, each step is progress. And, um, and I know that, you know, now, it took me a while to get there. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, but now that I am there, meaning I know that, I know that I'm in God's will. And that's the important thing Absolutely. for anyone who is a believer, especially, to know that you're in God's will, no matter what anyone is telling you, no matter what the naysayers say or whatever. If you know in your heart and your spirit that you are doing the right thing, keep doing it, no matter how long it takes. Because, you know, your breakthrough can happen at any time. Absolutely. And it can catapult you, you know, 10 years down the road based on what happens. So it's important. People always, you know, they contact me. So how do I start? I want to do something. I said, just start. Yeah. <laughs> just start. Exactly. Just do something. <laughs> you know, just do something. And you know, if it's if it's volunteering at a at a, uh, at a kitchen or you know helping to serve meals, if it's like I said earlier, just making a you know like maybe making a peanut butter jelly sandwich and keeping a couple of them and just passing them out. Uh, there's an organization uh, in Florida that I know it's called Givelets, and they actually do prepackaged. Uh, care packages so that you don't have to worry about what do I put in there. You just, you know, you can subscribe to get, you know, like five, I think it's like $30 a month. They'll send you five of them a month. And so you can just pass them out, to, you know, randomly like that. Or okay. you can just donate to them and they'll give them out, you know, themselves. They do a, a monthly give-a-thon that they do. And with all the money they collect in a month, they, you know, put together these packages and they pass them out, you know, to homeless people that they come across. Um, so it's just it's just taking a step and just doing something. Yeah. And I think people think that they have to do something in a big way. Yeah. And no, you don't. You just have to take that first step, trust in God and let and, and follow his leading. And and he'll he'll open the doors, he'll take you where you want to go. But, you know, we have to to get to a point where we're grateful for what we have and where we are. Absolutely. And understand that, you know, as we do, as we step out and do more, God will bless us, not so that we can keep it and hoard it mm-hmm. for ourselves, but he blesses us so that we can give more. And it doesn't have to be money. It can be anything, you know. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll make a way. And we just have to trust in his in His timing and uh, in his plan and just know that and be confident that we're in his will um, and, and doors will open. Um, but, you know, right now I just, you know, I, uh, I was going to do a, a fundraiser for a woman's, well, for, for a fundraiser for me to donate shirts to a, a woman's shelter in D.C. And, mm-hmm. and something said, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to do something else. And it was, and, and, and one issue that especially women, homeless women have is personal care products, feminine okay. hygiene products. It's a major issue. And so... What I started to do was I did the fundraiser just, and there's a Facebook fundraiser for people to donate. With you know, they'll get the, sh- the shelter will get the money directly, but then any extra money I receive, 
I purchased um, feminine, you know, feminine napkins, uh, maxi pads, and tampons, okay. and donated those and had them sent. Because those are things that are really needed. Okay. Um, and again, for homeless women. Um, so that's something you can do. You can, you know, if you're a female or even a man, if you're not embarrassed to do it, if you're shopping <laughs> in the store, you know, pick up a, a, a box of, uh, of sanitation, sanitary napkins and donate them to your local women's shelter. Yeah. You know, there's it, little things like that that we can do that can make a difference yeah. in someone else's life. Absolutely. I love all of those ideas. Um, can you let us know where, um, where we can find you on social media, if you have a website and everything? Um, how can people get in touch with you, stay updated, and um, purchase your your apparel? Okay. Well, uh, I'm on Instagram, and on Instagram, uh, it's at uh, homeless underscore united. Um, and then uh, on uh, Twitter, it's the same, uh, at homeless underscore united. And then on Facebook, if you search, um, well, actually, if you if you you go use the uh, URL homelessunited.org, that will take you to my Facebook page. Okay. Um, now, uh, as far as wanting to help, and I guess I should give you this. It's kind of a little complicated. That's why I didn't say it. But it's a it's a site that lists all of them. There's also on there. There's a, a a mini documentary that someone did, a friend of mine did about me that's on YouTube, and there's also a, a news story that was done back uh, in November, I believe, of last year. Okay. And there's also links of how you can give and purchase. And that is a, a Linktree link, and it's uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash homeless underscore united okay and uh if, if people use that website that will pretty much take you to everything else um and that might be a little bit easier to remember it's a little bit kind of hard to um um what am i trying to say to write out you got know. you but if you have a link if you have a link well, i don't know if you'll have a link on this uh Yes, I will. I'll include it. podcast or not, mm-hmm. that will direct them, and then they can just follow the buttons to my Twitter, Instagram, uh, the the, uh, the crowdfunding site, that's what I'm trying to say, and also a link to where you can purchase uh, items, too. And the proceeds that are raised from the purchase of either the, right now it's a coffee mug, a tote okay. bag, a T-shirt, hoodie, and sweatshirt, that helps to provide, you know, either donations um, or whatever to other homeless organizations. Um, and there are people who contact me who want a shirt, who can't afford it, and I'll just, you know, send it. If the money is there, if it's not there, I'll just say, Lord, you know what I need. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, and the money is provided, and I'm able to, to honor that. So those are just the ways that people can help right now and keep in touch with me and, and follow me and so forth. Okay. Yeah, all the all the links will be included in the episode description, um, so you can check that out. Make sure that you connect with Charles on social media, um, that you check out his website, and that you support, um, whether through his organization or through um, just seeing someone locally and doing some of the things that he suggested to reach out to those that are 
experiencing homelessness and trying to make a difference in their lives in whatever way that you can. So thank you again, um, Charles, for being on the show and just for sharing your story, your experience, and uh, some helpful, useful tips that we can use um, as we engage with, with those who may be experiencing homelessness on a daily basis. Well, I, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the opportunity to be able to share my story and, and enlighten people a little bit more about the situation, and hopefully that will encourage other folks to do a little bit more research on their own and find out what they can do on their own to help to help out. Absolutely. So thank you all for tuning in, and again, make sure that you connect with Charles on social media. Did you enjoy this episode? I'd love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starter Stick, available at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms, bygracenp.com and on my mobile app. Hope to hear from you soon.